My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other, we've done it. We're back. It is another week of Fairway Roll in the new golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, my par-saving pals. What a week for a return to professional golf. Colonial delivered. We had... Big names doing big things, a hot leaderboard all the way down the stretch. We've got a couple guys on this week to help us break down what happened last week, get the reaction to how much they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And we'll also do a little bit of preview of what's going down in Harbor Town. Our old pal Chris Vernon is on. We're going to talk some picks, but we're going to kick things off here on the first tee with our PGA Tour correspondent, Nathan Hubbard. Let's throw a peg in the ground with my main man, Nathan. All right, birdie buddies, it is our PGA Tour correspondent, our our white wingtips on the ground. I don't want to call it boots. What are, what's your golf shoe of choice, Nate? I rotate. I'm still trying to figure it out. I got big feet. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think Echo makes good shoes for big feet. There you go. I'm I don't know. Echo. I mean, I like new, new balance. I've played in Callaway shoes. There's a lot of good shoes out there. I'm a foot joy guy. Anyhow. Well, welcome back. We were together this time a week ago. We didn't know anything about anything. We weren't sure how it was going to go. We had guarded optimism. Yeah. Based on you know some of the early feedback and some of the protocols and so forth, and now 
Uh, we have a full completed professional golf uh, championship accomplished. And, you know, the event uh, seems to have gone off without too much in the way of a hitch. What are your takeaways from how last week went down? Well, takeaway number one is that coffee is for closers. And we did not see a lot of closing on Sunday. Yeah. We saw a leaderboard that was pretty chalky, but we saw a lot of guys take steps back on Sunday. And it was a weird day out there weather-wise. I think the heat had ball flight in weird spots for sure. And almost everybody off the first tee inexplicably was just blasting it right. Yes. And, and that, you know, guys were just playing out of the trees all day. Look, from a logistics standpoint and from a player comfort standpoint, I think the news is it's all gone smoothly and super normal. Okay. The players, the players are feeling fine. You know, they, the hardest decision they have to make is whether to leave the bubble or not because the test sucks, you know, to have the swab pushed into the rear portions of your brain doesn't feel good. But if that's the decision that they're making, then everything so far has gone pretty well. And, and that's the report out of South Carolina this week too. Yeah, I saw a video, Ian Poulter put it up. Um, it was on Twitter of the nasal swab and I was literally stunned by how far into his nose. I mean, it looks like it's a five to six inch swab and, and it, they push it all the way to, to the, where the, the uh, tip barely breaches the nose. Like all the rest of that thing is inside your brain. It looks like, yeah, it's like total recall when they pull that probe out of Schwarzenegger's nose, it's the same disgusting thing, but Look, if, again, if that's the problem they're facing, no big deal. There are definitely players, though, who are thinking twice about... Look, the, the, the charter that they put together, the tour put together, is actually two planes. And there were 60 guys each on the plane, so plenty of room. Yeah, I, I'm interested in um, how the, the bubble is being sort of complied with because I heard a story of, of some guys who were presented with the idea of staying in the hotel, but then, you know, having to get to go boxes for food and the, you know, the hotel having its own set of problems so the guys are pairing up and getting houses and then having to, you know, bringing at least like a chef to the house as the one permitted person, no girlfriends, but, but, a, but a chef is, are you hearing that? Yeah, I, girlfriends are definitely present. Okay, <laughs> not, girlfriends and wives and, and some family are, are there. Uh, in some cases, it, it, they've been a little bit fuzzy about whether that's okay. They have not been fuzzy about whether they're allowed on course. They're not. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's guys who I think just because a bunch of these hotels, for understandable reasons, don't have food service going, but the players are not allowed to go out, and so more and more. You know, as guys are looking ahead at these next couple tournaments, and again, now we got something like nine weeks left until the until the playoffs. There's guys who are who are who are banding together to rent houses and do just what you said. Um, they're either going to be ordering food or bringing somebody in to make it for them. Yeah, and they're big fields. I mean, it's a 153, another you know giant field, and 117 of the guys flew, like you said, from Colonial over here to to, to Harbor Town. So, like the logistics, that's just the players so that's you have an equal number of caddies and then for anybody that has you know family 
or girlfriend plus the whole production and and tour um, uh, component to it. So you're talking about moving 600 people from venue to venue, maybe maybe a little more than that, or is it less than that? No, that's about right. And unfortunately, they've decided not to bring Faldo from tournament to tournament. So he's sitting against a green screen commenting in a, in a less effective way than you and I could from this Zoom. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. How did you watch the tournament? Did you watch the TV broadcast? Did you watch the stream? How'd you watch it? Yes to all. I mean, I, oh, okay. I, spent, I spent a bunch of the first couple rounds flipping between Golf Channel and some of the live streaming that they did on Twitter, which, by the way, kudos to the tour for starting to broaden the the possibilities. I think they probably heard in the first part of this year a lot of criticism of the CBS broadcast. And by the way, we could tell on Saturday and Sunday that Nance heard it too, as he sort of you know, repeatedly made reference to, hey, we're going to lay out here every time we hear a caddy or a player talk, just so you know. <laughs> and by the way, he did say that. I appreciated him saying that. Yeah. They did honor that commitment and it was pretty effing good. It was great. I mean, it is now given us, look, we got to talk about Jordan. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and and I mean, we might as well just talk about it because it, it is, it gave light to what is now undeniably the most awkward caddy player set of interactions since Stevie and Tiger post chipping at the masters, but it's just, a, it's every hole, right? Well, let, let me ask you though, is it awkward or is it like a kind of relationship where it's, it's so deep that like anything that might look to normalize to be a dysfunctional kind of relationship, that is their function. I don't think it's, it's functional right. dysfunction. It's awkward for us because you can just see Michael trying to figure out what am I going to do now to get him to back off? It's like, they need a safe word. <laughs> like they need, like Michael needs to be like pigs in a blanket. Like as soon as he sees Jordan over a three footer openly saying, I really don't feel good over this putt. Or like we heard him say, I just can't feel good over this wedge shot, right? Yeah. They, they yeah. need to just step back, take a breather, and then readdress. But just watching Michael or Jordan figure out how to do this is the weirdest thing, and, and it's wonderful. I couldn't agree more. It's absolutely fascinating. And because I love Jordan Spieth, I mean, I'm a Spieth truther for sure. I want him to be successful. And so I was really encouraged by virtually all of his performance. I mean, he fell apart a little bit on the back nine, you know, on Sunday, but he was like in the thick of it. You know, he just didn't have it on Sunday. It was apparent. I, I knew we were in for a ride when he had the HBO max logo on his bag. Right. It's like, <laughs> it's the perfect thing for Jordan. It's like, there, we know there's really good stuff here. Yeah. Right. I was like, this is awesome. He's going to be walking around with the perfect brand for him, but I, it, CBS was actually, and, and Golf Channel were pretty kind to him. I think they thought they were being kind to him. I don't think they appreciate that we all love him and we want to see the screw-ups, right? They cut back after he had completely chunked a wedge from three feet off the green and they didn't show it again. Yeah, well, I want to see it because I want to go through the highs and lows of the biggest head case in professional sports in a long, long time because it's so fun when he does great. Now, when we talk about Sunday, though, one of the things to remember is he shot the same score as JT. Yeah, you know, Rory was whatever he was plus seventy four for Rory. Yeah, a lot yeah. of guys did not have a good Sunday, and so I don't put as much stock in that as I do that there are clearly moments in each round. You know, he called it the hiccup when he had the four putt, 
but there, there are moments in each round where he goes bonkers and I want the camera on him and I want the mics on him and Michael. And I just, I want a safe word. <laughs> it, it is riveting. And I'm, I think I'm calling last week a success for Jordan. I Absolutely. think you know, he finished inside the top 10 you know, at a place he was comfortable. He was on the leaderboard most of the, the, the uh, entire event. And, you know, it looked like just in terms of squint, I, uh, uh, scoring, I didn't get a chance. I don't have his, um, the, the deep analytics in front of me for him, but he definitely, um, scrambled pretty well and he putted pretty well outside of five feet. So, you know, some of those attributes of his that, that lead to success are present. It feels like he was great. He just, he's just having, you know, he was, I mean, his, his accuracy that week was only, like still only 35%. We were talking about how great he was driving the ball, right? Yeah. He hit fewer than 60% of his greens strokes gain putting 2.3, 2.4. So, I mean, he, he still, his, his core stats were really good. I just, yeah. he has these Chuck Knobloch moments every, you know, I don't know, every, every maybe 50 shots. And, you know, his ability to win a golf tournament is not far behind if he can just keep those at bay for three out of the four rounds. Yeah, that's right. Well, we both just passed along our admiration for, for, for I, there must be like a boom mic that the, the, from the rear angle, the camera person must be accompanied by somebody that's carrying some kind of boom mic to pick up. The, the conversations and because there's nobody on the golf course, we can really hear the conversations, but there is still out there this weird question about whether or not the players will permit themselves to be mic'd up, to wear mics. The only guy in this tournament that agreed to it was Ricky. And I think it was just in the first round, right? He didn't, he did, was he mic'd more than, than the first round? I didn't watch him the second day. So I don't know. Yeah, but I, I don't, do know, I do know that I think Higgs, Damon and Homa are mic'd up this coming week. I, I I believe they have agreed to that. Okay. Well, that's spectacular. And the, the, the more of that we can get the better, but I, I'm not prepared to criticize guys that are not inclined to do it. Um, because you know, it, it's such, uh, an, uh, unknown territory. And the thing with, with, with golf is, you know, you're constantly con trying to conquer, a dozen variables every single time you stand over the ball. Any, anyways, why add in another two or three variables with whatever's going to happen with the mic, the physical wearing of the mic, saying something you don't want to say. Now, I mean, I, it's a fun experiment. I really want it to keep happening, but you know, the fact that we have three more early adopters is encouraging. Yeah. So it's Damon Varner and Higgs who, who oh, are going to be live. Mic they're going to be live mic Friday. Wow. Okay. That's pretty good. HV3 um, has got a great sense of humor. And, and Higgs is a maniac. And Damon also an incredible sense of humor on, on Joel Damon. The, the golf world, the, the sporting world needs to see what the golf world already knows about Damon, which is he's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Well, that, that's good. I, I, I count that as, as forward progress as well. Um, is there anything you, that you felt you know, could have been done better in terms of what you observed? I mean, we could tell that they had limited camera crews. Yes. Because of the long, wide shots of Rory and Bryson hitting out of trees, you know, on opposite fairways, they just couldn't get, get guys there to, to film it. Yeah. And I think they got actually stuck between whether we wanted to see Bryson tee off and spin out of his shoes 
or see where the ball actually landed 60 yards to the right of the right. And so they got a little stuck there. I'm sure they'll work through that this week. Candidly, I just thought that the encore stuff, Dottie's so much better than Faldo. I don't know why they brought just because Faldo's not even there, right? Yeah. I, I He's just watching thought, it on TV, as you said. It's like the, us watching it on TV and commenting. So I, I think they'll continue to tweak it. But I do think for golf fans, the good news is that CBS heard everybody screaming at the beginning of the year. And there, you got to give them credit for at least absorbing that and trying to make some changes. And, you know, Nance, God love him. I mean, he's been doing this a long time, a single way. And so for him to take that feedback and react feels good. I hope the rest of the telecast continues to do that. And, and, and good on them for experimenting in these, in these uh, early tournaments to bring people in with different people commenting on the sport. Yeah, it did very much feel much more like a golf broadcast. It really did feel more like an NBC kind of production than a CBS production. One thing that I did like quite a bit, um, and it, it's it's helping compensate for the lack of of cameras, is the drone. I mean, I think the the drone view is is um, you know there's so much potential there. I love what it shows us in terms of the perspective for the whole. Um, you know, that, that kind of, it's a weird intimacy being able to see the shape of the hole from that height, which is not blimp height, right? It's, it's, it's an in-between height. I thought that was really cool. And I really hope that's something they build on. I, I did too. And Fox did it very well at the U S open at Pebble last year. Yes. And, and, and so it, it showed us what they can actually do with these cameras. If they get a little, if they get a little creative and, and I think, you know, God willing, ultimately we bring back fans, uh, you know, th- those fans maybe can drown out some of the noise of, of some propellers overhead. But, you know, I-, I mean, one thing to say, House, this is going so well that I'm wondering whether the memorial really should be bringing 8,000 fans to the course yet. What do you mean by what, what's going well? Well, the, the, the entire, look, we, we got a bubble up. Uh, you know, the, the logistics of it are pretty easy and smooth. The players are getting in and out. You know, golf has gotten ahead of some other sports. The audience seems to be interested. Why risk 8,000 people or more coming into the memorial and, quite frankly, screwing it up? This is a great point, and it's, it's worth paying attention to from now all the way until the tournament because they can pull the plug on the fans at any time until folks actually drive onto the to the premises, I I think. I mean, the logistics, the sheer number of additional human beings that you have to bring for the infrastructure of that, even in, in 8,000, it's 2,000 a day, right? Isn't that what they're imagining? I thought it was 8,000 a day. It oh, doesn't okay. matter. Yeah, it either doesn't way. matter because they need the same number of people to, right? It does, the, the crowd control stuff doesn't really scale. I'm just not sure they need it. And then the guys will be used to what they experienced um, just this past Sunday with it being quiet and not being able to use crowd noise as an indicator of, of how guys are doing down the stretch. Like, I wonder, um, you know, strategy wise, if, if folks had heard Bryson, you know, Bryson hitting it over the green on uh, his approach on 17 or um, X hitting it into the water from the bunker on 15 the audible gasp of, of disappointment, you know, around the guys that are all there on the leaderboard, none of that was present. And so I wonder how they're getting real time information about what the score is, how it's changing, what guys are doing. Maybe they're not getting that information 
They're just head down trying to play their own game. There's a decent number of scoreboards around the courses, you know, that they can get a lot of that from. Um, and I actually, it, it sounded to me from a bunch of players that there, you know, the, the lack of fans not having the energy was a bit overstated in terms of like, I think for a lot of guys, they just hadn't been out there feeling the nerves. Right. And, and so it wasn't so much that they weren't motivated to play well. It's that in some cases, you know, you had weird weather or weird winds and it was just their first time back in competition and some people didn't do great. Well, a lot of people did do great. It was a stacked leaderboard. You said it. It was pretty chalky. And, you know, we all the way up until like the last hour and inside the last hour, six guys capable of, of winning. I mean, even Patrick Reed birdied three of the last four holes and almost threw himself, got himself up to 14 under. And there was nothing um, keeping the guys at 15 from backing up to 14. I mean, for a little bit there, it looked like we might have a six way playoff at 14 under. Um, but you know, that was the, the, the drama of the competition. There was a lot of guys in form, including, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise anymore. Colin Morikawa, because wow, what a game, um, he, he showed us, you know, uh, all, all across the board, he had the chance to win the tournament with an eight foot putt on 18. And that's where you want to see a guy with that closer mentality. Coffee is for closers. You said it, Nate dog. And he, and he wasn't able to do it. And then the lip out on 17, I forgive him for uh, in the playoff um, because clearly something was going on with that hole after what happened to X. I, I think that's right. I mean, those greens were, we talked about it a week ago. The course was not in great shape. It was soft, mm -hmm. but th they were playing colonial at a weird time of year. It's better in the spring and, and this or earlier anyway. Those greens by the end of the day were a mess. We're going to be, we had the exact same kind of phenomena occurring. They never play this tournament in, in June. This is an April tournament at Harbor town in, in Hilton head and the humidity down there. I can tell you because up here in, in the, in the district of Columbia, <laughs> yeah, the, the humidity can be cranking. It's not cranking right this second, but it can be cranking. I'm sure they're going to have humidity down there. So even for the guys that have experience and success at Harbor town over the years, they're basically playing it under completely different circumstances. Uh, you're right. And as we look to next week in Connecticut, that's the perfect time of year to be playing that course. And it's, it's a lot of players, you know, top five, top seven favorite courses. So next week's going to be really interesting because that's a course that's going to be played the way it's supposed to be this week. Here's the good news. The real Bermuda greens, uh, they may get slower, but they're not going to get as cut up as the greens uh -huh. last week. And yep. so, you know, as we start to think about who are your favorites for this week, the putters are going to be able to putt throughout regardless of when they go off. And, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case last week as we saw a lot of weird ones down the stretch. Well, let's jump right into it. Who do you like? Let's hear a name or two. Who are you riding this week? You, you know, there's the sort of usual suspects, but there's a guy who, you know, I, I, I heard him talking to the press this morning, even, even as recently as this morning, who I, needs that occasional fire lit under his ass to play and to work. And it's DJ. And oh. DJ was out of it last week. Yes. And I think he was embarrassed that he was not on that leaderboard with the best players of the world at the end of the day. And he talked this morning about how he was a little pissed off and how he went home and worked 
that's not to say DJ doesn't work. He does. But, you know, he obviously in the charity tournament and really last week, he sort of just felt like he was going through the motions. It certainly was. the He gave that impression. He certainly did. And so my sense is, and he hadn't been playing great, but but he was talking a bit this morning in the way that DJ talks when he's got a little bit of a chip and something to prove. And so I think we're going to see DJ come out and reassert himself, realizing that, yeah, these are traditionally tournaments where a lot of guys don't play. But guess what? All the best players in the world are here. And for some reason, this matters to them right now. So D- DJ's one. And, and I think if you look in that DJ, Hideki, Woodland group, wouldn't be surprised to see the winner of the tournament come out of there. Yeah, I, I have Hideki uh, circled as somebody that I definitely want to play. His ball striking is legendary. And, you know, this this golf course, it's interesting. We have back-to-back weeks with outlier golf courses, right? Like Colonial was not supposed to be uh, tameable by, you know, a bomber. Now, Bryson came out there and tried to write his own narrative, uh, the incredible bulk. And boy, did he get close to, to, to you know, showing us all wrong. But reputationally, Harbortown has that same kind of, of um, uh, idea of being small greens, angles matter, don't need to be a big hitter. Tons of, of you know, the shorter guys on tour have won here. The guys who sc- have scored best over the years are, are Matt Kuchar and Luke Donald and Jim Furyk. Nobody ever thinks of them as, as bruisers. Um, but, you know, Bryson has two top fives at this venue. I, I think the reputation of this course as being a place where a lot of first-time winners and non-traditional guys, I think that's going to be blown out this week. I agree we, with you. We got to remember that this is the most loaded field the tournament's ever had. Well, that, and the same was true last week. And the same was true last week. But, but here, you know, the greens are already small. But, it, you know, a, a green that's got like 35 depth really only has like eight in terms of landing areas, right? So, so those are, those are the kinds of players who are going to shine here. But I think, I, I think it's going to be a chalky finish. But if you're looking for some value, there are some guys who have had great seasons so far who are way, way, way down on the odds. You've got guys like Tyler Duncan, who didn't play badly last week at all, who's 28th in the FedEx and 300 to one coming into this tournament. You got Ortiz is 29th and 300 to one. Who's been playing great. You know, do those guys have a chance? Those are good fantasy players. Are they going to win the tournament? Maybe not, but they're playing pretty well. And this is the kind of course that suits those guys. Yeah. And those are, there are a couple of names that I'm looking at to place wagers on like top 20 wagers. I like Denny McCarthy this week at top as a top 20 finisher. He's 12 to one to finish inside the top 20. He played pretty good last week. Uh, Lucas Glover, another guy. You can get uh, Lucas Glover to finish um, in in the top 20 at six and a half to one. Right now, he has a very good relationship with this place, and he too played well uh, last week, finishing the top 30 at Colonial. So if you're just looking for some down the, the, the chart value and some guys who can fill out the bottom of your, your DFS lineup, I also, I mean, Kiz is kind of obvious because he's, he's from South Carolina. Um, you know, pair of top 15s. He lost a playoff in 2015. He just shot four rounds under 70 at Colonial. So, and he said he was a little bit pissed off. Uh, speaking of guys with a kick in the pants, 
that that he didn't um, finish better. And I I just like you know it's a good fit. So I, I he's, a guy he's one of those guys who rounds his game and you know into shape for this tournament. Chesson Hadley had a really good week last week. Yeah, and and, and is a kind of guy who could come through. And then you know there's a couple of older guys. Furick played great last week, and this is a tournament in course that he loves. It's true. And, and and the other guy who's playing this tournament is Luke Donald, who's a five-time runner-up and who seems to be more of an online Instagram instructor of golf than professional golfer. But he's you can get some pretty good odds on a guy who knows how to play golf and he's going to make the cut this week. Both those guys are good top 20 plays. Luke Donald leads all players in strokes gained total per round here at Har- Harbortown the last 15 years. Second on that list is Jim Furyk. You're getting value, my birdie buddies, here on Fairway Rolling. Nate, as always, we appreciate your vital input. The white wing tips on the ground. We'll have you back uh, again next week. Check in, see how we did. Good to see you, house. Thanks, buddy. All right, my thanks to Nathan. Good luck to Homeless Hubs this week. We're going to talk to our pal Chris Vernon in a second, but I want to talk to you about FanDuel. Last week, we had the DFS contest free entry. We had almost 9,000 folks enter that that contest. Congratulations to Drizzy Drew 2, something like that. He won a thousand bucks. The show this week brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. So look, there's a reason FanDuel is America's number one sports betting app. They have all the odds on all the biggest sports. They make it simple and intuitive to place your bets. And at FanDuel, they believe that beating the spread, that's hard enough. So unlike other sports books, FanDuel does not make you jump through hoops if you want to get your money out. When you're ready to take your money out, FanDuel is there to help you do that. If you haven't tried the FanDuel Sportsbook yet, right now is a good time. Golf is back, obviously. FanDuel's taking bets on the PGA Tour Plus, UFC, soccer, NASCAR, and more. And if you are new to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can even place your first bet risk-free. Seriously, just place any bet you get up to $500 back if you don't win. That's a nice way to get used to what this thing is all about, how the odds look, how the interface works. If you don't win, just get your money back. That feels pretty good. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and you sign up with this promo code ROLLIN. That's R-O-L-L-I-N so they know that we good folks here at Fairway Rolling sent you FanDuel Sportsbook promo code Roland to get your first bet risk free. Quick disclaimer 21 plus present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, West Virginia. First real money wager only. The refund is issued as non withdrawable site credit that expires after 14 days. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. WWW. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET Alright my birdie buddies now on the tee you know him, you love him from Memphis, Tennessee Chris Vernon Vernon! 
Hey, yo. How you doing, house? My man. Now, look, it, it feels like it's been about five years since the last time we were together. But even though it's only been, you know, th- three months because we're basically, you know, resetting the time space continuum right now. And this this uh, quarantine life that we've been living sort of in and out of everything that we talked about in the first month of, of, of the golf season is completely irrelevant now. <laughs> but how, how you've been doing? How have you, how have you managed? Well, uh, I have not gained as much weight as Bryson DeChambeau, so that's good. Congrats. And that could have happened easily sure. during, during quarantine life. And I will tell you, House, golf-wise, everything kind of got a little bit back to normal when I see Daniel Berger win this tournament because he's won two tournaments before. Yeah. Both were here in Memphis. That's right. And it, and it would have been the exact weekend because if you saw, his wins have been on June 11th, June 12th, and June 14th. That's and so right. it, it actually felt like normal for Daniel Berger to be winning a tournament at that time. He had won the FedEx St. Jude in Memphis twice. Those were his other two wins. And so we've got that. I keep telling all my friends, we've got to store that away for next year. Whenever it gets to like the first week of June and they're playing a tournament, we got to just roll with Daniel Berger. Well, I feel like I should yell at you now because you could have shared this with me last week. We were on the, the, the text communicator with each other. Hey, who are we going to play? Who are we looking at? Who do we like? Neither one of us put Berger in the mix, no. even though, you know, his, his, his trend line of consecutive rounds under par I mean that's ex- that's so up my alley. That's that's the kind of data that I love to see. Those are my data points right there. And I just I slept on it. You know what really persuaded me, and I outweighed uh, more than any other sort of uh, uh, analytic background fact was how have guys performed at Colonial because you know at, at the venue because we didn't have any other way to distinguish. We had no idea who was going to show up fat, who was going to show up skinny. Who's been grinding? Who's going to ease themselves back into it? All we know is we have an unbelievable field last week at Colonial and another unbelievable field coming up here at Harbortown. Well, and the weird thing, the weird thing is, House, like uh, in fairness to us, yes, Daniel Berger won. Yes, we should have in some way maybe have seen it come. It took everybody else vomiting all over themselves for the guy to win it. Like when you retell the story of last week's tournament, it's not about what Daniel Berger did as much as it is what the, uh, he posted his score and then watched other guys fall apart. Like there's not the shot to win the tournament. It was right. I mean, and obviously he had some great shots and he, and he set himself up great on 18, but it was here. He's posting his score. And then these other guys are lipping out putts and, and obviously, you know, for Mar- Morikawa at the very end was a, yeah. a debacle. Morikawa should have won. He had an eight-foot putt to win the golf tournament on the 72nd hole. He should have made that putt and won the golf tournament. And Xander should have been right there with him it, at, at the very worst in a playoff. That's a fact. And, and that's just bad luck. That's just the golf gods. You know, that's that's their whimsy, right? They, there's something about something in, in Xander's background. Because it's he, he didn't do anything wrong, as far as I'm concerned. What did he do wrong? I mean, he hit it in the water on 15, and From that the was, bunker. He yeah. was just oh, a little bit of an overtug. No, and and uh, but I mean, he drained some long putts, you know, to make up for that. Boy, that bogey, the bogey save on that hole was incredible. An incredible long putt. I wanted him to win so badly. I've had such a relationship with him. 
We're we're both deep X Men. It's a fa- yeah. it's a it's a good point. No, we love we love X. There's no reason to sleep on him uh, for this week. The only thing is, you know, he uh, doesn't have like an unbelievable record here coming up at Harbortown. This is only be his third uh, event here. Well, I know that you were uh, traveling with your family last week, but I'm interested in you know, did you? catch some of it on television did you catch some of it on on the live stream maybe on the app like how did you watch the tournament okay so this actually works out well so i had rented a house down towards it's it's actually a golf course for anybody out there that's a big golfer so i literally when we were going to go down to the beach somewhere i googled best public course on the golf right Uh, because that's that's from memphis you can drive down to you know, where Perdido Key, Florida, and some of these other places are, and Gulf Shores, Alabama, you can drive down there in about seven to eight hours, okay. right? So I wanted something drivable, and I found this place, Kiva Dunes is the name of it. And Kiva Dunes has a, a golf course, and we could rent a house, and then it's got its own stretch of beach. So, like, we would go out to the beach and would have, like, 200 yards to ourselves. That's great. Um, And then it's got pools and it's kind of like a neighborhood. So you kind of stay in the neighborhood and, and then it's got the pools. It's got the beach, which you can get to uh, very easily. And then it's got the golf course on site. So I was like, I'll be able to get away and I can go play golf. Right. They they can go to the beach, do whatever. So we stayed there for a couple of days. I took my Amazon fire uh, stick. Okay. So that way I could make up for it. So I went that. uh, So when we got there at this house, I plugged it in the side and I've got that PGA live. Yeah. And so for my benefit, I watched the, they do featured groups on Thursday and Friday. So my kids get up at like six 30. So I'm up (laughs) right. That cover I'm, I was waiting until their coverage started. (laughs) And then I would just sit around in the morning and I would watch it. And then at night I would come back and it's all like on demand. And yeah, so I right. would just, I would, and especially because my guy, Harold Varner the third was killing it those first two days. I was mega engaged. And then even when I would like go to the pool or I would go to the beach or like anytime I want to catch up with it, I, um, I was actually, I've got that PGA tour, um, the app, uh, like the scoreboard app uh, on their on like the scoreboard so I would go to check it it's also got the links to whoever is showing it well I've got my whatever my uh, I've got that uh I've got the app that I pay for but I've also got like my direct TV plugged through it and whatever but you could just click on whoever's got live coverage and I never had a problem I mean it was streaming through my phone great so that's kind of how I kept up with it and I will tell you it was just very very strange I don't know what you felt about the coverage, but my God, I liked the featured groups part that I was getting to watch much better because once we got to the weekend, bro, how many shots did we even see Daniel Berger take? Seriously, how many shots? But Rory shoots a 41 on the front. I think we saw like one shot. Like It just felt like it was so scattered and you weren't really keeping up with anybody. It was just kind of like, and here's what's going on here and here's what's going on here. I don't know, man. It just felt very scattered. Whereas I was kind of fo- the, some of the groups that were together were amazing the first two days, and so it was like I'm watching every shot Kepka takes and Speed takes and whoever else they were featuring. 
Yeah, so I watched it on Golf Channel. I watched the replays Thursday night and Friday night, and then I watched uh, the CBS presentation yep. Saturday and Sunday. And I will say there was a big difference between the Saturday presentation and the Sunday presentation um, in terms of ads. So Saturday had very few interruptions in terms of the broadcast network television presentation. Sunday got really choppy with the ads, with the the um, promo stuff. You know, they had Charles Schwab himself came on. Yep. And, you know, it did take away, it did affect what you're describing, which is a loaded leaderboard. We had 10 guys within two shots of the lead for a big chunk of the afternoon. And, you know, we were not getting to see guys who had, you know, a legit shot at, at winning the golf tournament we didn't see, you know, um, as much of those crucial shots coming down the stretch as we would have liked to. It's exactly what you just said with Daniel Berger. We didn't, you know, we didn't really even see him until, you know, the, the playoff hole was the most sustained stretch we got of him. It's so funny you say that about the ads the, on the television broadcast, because on Sunday, I took in the majority of it on the app, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, so I don't know what was on TV, bro. Anybody that was lit on the app will will know what I'm talking about. It was the same three ads every time. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Oh, no. And there's ads all the time. Yeah. It stopped the first one. I can tell you what they were. <laughs> this is how many times I saw them. So the first one is, uh, and I guess this is big amongst golfers. I don't Because you figure it's targeted advertising, right? Yes. I can't remember. The, uh, the, this is terrible. I can't remember the brand it was. Maybe it was Planet Oat. Okay. Uh, maybe that's not, it was for oat milk. <laughs> okay. I'm not kidding. It was like All oat right. milk. And then, you know, sure. the guy's like, oh, I use it in my coffee and I use it. You know, so there's oat milk. And then the next one is that Geico commercial where the people are saying they got a rat problem. Yeah. And it's, and it's the band rat playing yes, in the basement. I've seen it, it. It was the same three commercials. Oh my every, gosh. Every single time that they went to break so much so that I remember exactly what they were. So I can't fathom what it was like watching on a television broadcast. There were a boatload of ads. Well, I will also say this. It was so quiet. And this is part of, you know, on the one hand, one of the things that made it feel normal again was like that Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon golf broadcast where it's, it's, it's quiet. Anyway, I'm always catching a nap during that broadcast. Uh, and then I would just want to be awake for the drama at the end. If there's going to be any drama, but the um, addition of there being no fans and, you know, the the depriving the guys of like the roars around the golf course um, that added to it. It, it. it didn't feel that weird to me, but it just was so quiet. The other thing that um, was one of the things I really liked a lot, and I wonder if this came through on the stream, was whatever mics they had in proximity to the groups where you could hear sometimes the conversation between the caddy and 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 um, the player. And in many instances, Jordan Spieth's conversations with Michael Greller were just incredible. Like, it's such a reminder of, of you know, I don't know what the, the right way to say it, but like Spieth really processes through his eyes and through his mouth. He just has to talk. He just has to talk it all out the whole time. And, you know, that was that felt like a rare uh, insight opportunity to get some insight. And we it reminded us, right, like Spieth was in a place he's been in this slump for a couple of years now. 
And it reminded us of how, you know, his own, wh whatever you want to call it, hyper analytics and th that might bleed over into a kind of, uh, you know, OCD almost. But he, he, he played damn good until he didn't. Yeah, that one that's been his story, right? The up up and down and these huge swings. And I don't know if you saw that video that was circulating earlier in the week, but they had asked him like basically one of those what would you tell your younger self? Because we we always sit around and go like, "Oh my, this was the guy." I mean, with the amount of tournaments that he had at his young age and the majors and everything else, and he he stops after somebody asks him the question. And he's like, I really want to think about this. And then, and then he went on and he gave this unbelievable answer. And I forget, forgive me because I can't remember who posted it, but it was, he basically said, I would tell myself to play like, I wish I could play like I did back then. Like go out there and try to hit the, the cart uh, when I'm at the driving range, go out there and do this. It stopped thinking about everything and analyzing everything that I do. Like I used to have so much fun and like, and I didn't care. Right. And like that guy, I wish I could go back and be that guy, the one that was screwing around on the driving range and like, and instead obviously, and it was this, it was this incredible moment of introspection because you sit there and you go, and you wonder, and it's so crazy because I listened to, you've seen a lot of people talk about the book recently. And in fact, I think Bill had on uh, Michael Lewis, and I listened to some of the Michael Lewis podcast uh, about that, uh, the inner game of tennis, where the guy talks about, you know, basically as a teacher, giving less instruction and the idea that you've got to have a clear mind what to do. And so I had listened to this audio book all about that. And then I'm listening to Jordan Speed describe how different he is now than he was back then. And it's all about how much he thinks. Yeah. Getting out of his own head. Yeah. Getting out of his own way. Now, I will say, I, I took, uh, I'm glass half full with Speed. I want Speed to do great all the time. So I, I thought this week was a success. I mean. Yeah. He's in the top 10. That's right. Top 10. Uh, a, a place he's familiar with, a place he's comfortable with. He was up there on the leaderboard for a good stretch of it. And I, hopefully he, his takeaway um, is positive as well. Well, we're, 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 we're in Harbortown now. Uh, and it's interesting the way this has played out. We've gone from a venue with small greens that requires, you know, strategic thinking and, you know, a, uh, a place that doesn't favor long hitters to another venue on tour with small greens, with angles, with strategic thinking that does definitely does not favor long hitters. And we are once again blessed with all top five of the one through five of the official world golf rankings are playing this event we have 117 of the guys from last week are playing this week as well. This is another big field, another 100. We have 153 folks playing at, at, at this thing. We have some new guys coming in. Hideki Matsuyama is making his, his debut. But I don't know, you know, which way to go after the experience we had last week. Like, on the one hand, you know, there was some uh, bias towards guys that were informed. Webb Simpson was very popular pick in DFS and in, in, in gambling circles. 
Uh, and then he missed the cut really because of how he played on Thursday. He played, you know, much better on Friday. He had one hole that really kept him out of making a serious run at um, making the cut. Do you just ride? We saw so much out of Bryson last week, and Bryson has really good okay. history here. We have wasted way too much time before getting to this. Okay, get in. This it. shit is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, all right, you know, I told you, all right, so, like, obviously, I know they're bringing back the golf game, the 2K golf game, right? Yes. I I have searched for, uh, ever since the Tiger Woods game went away uh, that EA Sports made, I play everybody's golf, right? It used to be called Hot Shots Golf. It's a series, and it's cartoon characters that play golf. It's my favorite of all the golf games, right? And I end up playing this way too much. Like the first four <laughs> editions I mastered, it took forever for them to put out a new one. And then they finally did. And I spent like a month just trying to master. I mean, I was entering tournaments. This is how sick I got about this whole thing. I say all this to tell you, DeChambeau looks like one of these guys. Like, So you got to like beat all these characters and move your way up. Yeah. He looks like... One of the guys that you have to play, like like you would come up on Big Bad Bryson, and he's got these, you know, skinny legs, but he's got this monstrous torso, yeah, and Bryson. he swings, he swings with one hand, and it goes seven hundred yards when right. he hits it. They give him and, those funny names like Bryson the Basher or something. Yeah, Bryson the Basher. Yeah. That's what he looks like, dude. When he showed up, and they said that he is like two forty five. And he might get up to 270. Not only that, okay, so I goof on it and I'm like, this friggin' dude, like, give me a break. He's so corny to me, right? <laughs> and he does all the workout videos on Instagram and whatever. He just seems like he is not the guy I would ever hang out with. And then he's this, but it feels to me like, yes, he, and this is something here. On, on on Fairway Rolling, I can bring up a golf discussion that no one else has brought up. I wholeheartedly believe that he is the scientist and he believes that he can hit the ball farther than everyone, and he does now, and that that is going to give him a distinct advantage. And there's absolutely no evidence to the contrary so far. He has been awesome. That's true. It has worked out for him, right? But what has not come up is... Brooks Kepka talked shit to this guy one time. <laughs> you remember this? Oh, yeah, of course I do. Of course. And we were like, come see oh. me on the green. Come see me on the green. That's what Brooks said. And this dude went straight to GNC, bought <laughs> all the protein, <laughs> all the creatine, and uh. went and just started lifting. I buy that he wants to hit the ball farther than everybody wants to be a monster. I also buy that Brooks Kepka was talking mad shit to this guy, and he was like, oh, yeah? Watch this. I'm not going to be skinny Bryson that walks up, uh, you know, 100 yards from my pitch shot to look at the angles of the green and take 100 years. Like, if you – all right, now you want to see me on the green? Like, no one has broached this subject, but he is the guy that Kepka said – Come find me if you want to say something. That's exactly right. And the right. dude went and gained 50 pounds. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, so, I love this. I'm right there with you. And you know what? Two things can be true at the same time. It's exactly what you just said. I totally believe that he has done the, the analysis and done the underlying uh, uh, research 
to reach a conclusion about how increased ball speed, increased swing speed, um, yes. and and that additional yardage will translate into a positive impact for him. It also can be true that he wants to be out there walking around saying, "Hey, if you want to talk to me, come talk to me. I'm right here. I'm. I, I'm. He won't be afraid to talk to anybody." He felt some kind of way when everybody was saying that because I was there saying like. Brooks Kepka would beat the shit out of this guy. We agree. Within four months' time, I would not say that. <laughs> I would not say it either. He's, he's an animal. You know he's, what? He's, I, it's like the kid that gets bullied in class. I th- I think it's a fair fight now. No, that you went to school with. Yeah. Like there was always like the guy that got like kind of pushed around, whatever. And at least one of those guys got fed up with it. He's like, oh yeah, fuck all you. I'm going to go and just become an animal. That's right. And no one is going to punk me out ever again. Yeah. And I do believe Bryson's got that in his DNA where that he had was to be like, part of the motivation. How, how yeah. can you argue oh, to the, the other contrary? thing is obviously, dude, he is murdering the ball. He's annihilating like, the golf ball. Rory McIlroy had a quote today. You know, they they quoted him out here at this tournament at Hilton Head. And he said, Bryson hit a couple of drives on Sunday that Harry and I just looked at each other and were like, holy shit, that was unbelievable. <laughs> now, Rory McIlroy led the PGA Tour in driving uh, last y- year. Yes, that's right. And he's sitting there watching and everything about it looks weird. The follow through looks weird. Like it's like a cartoon. He had there was one hole that was like 460, I think it was. His second shot was a lob wedge from 88 yards. I, I know the hole. I, I was just gonna say it was 88 <laughs> yards. I know. I, I it's, it's it's what li- is he doing? It's literally not believable. But you here's the thing that makes it scary, and this is why you have to have him on your betting card, why you have to have him in your DFS. He also not not he's not just a bomber. He had great touch. The only thing that let him down last week was his putting. And he was an inch off of of being, you know, he ended up tied well, for third. Hey, look, he caught a flyer on 17. Yes. But that shit was so funny because it did feel like the big, incredible Hulk can't control how hard he hits the ball. I mean, it flew way over well, the that green. That might have been the, the golf gods, you know, intervening. The same way that we, we don't have an explanation for the golf gods getting on X. It feels like the golf gods waved the wand with with Bryson, but you you he's just a must play now. Well, and see how confident he was afterwards when That's Nance is interviewing point. him. He's yeah. like, if I if I made a couple putts, I would have run away with it. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> this who's, guy, who's gonna no, tell him different? Nobody. That's exactly right. Well, look, here's the thing. It's so interesting about this week. You know, Colonial had the reputation of of a place that you don't need yardage and it doesn't really translate anything. And then he went around and smashed the ball all over the place and damn near won the thing. The, the, the exact same is true here at Harbortown. Um, you know, it'll be, what's his approach going to be? Is he just going to smash it, you know, 350? Of course he is. Of course he That's right. <laughs> of course that's exa- he is. That's all he knows. <laughs> that's all he knows. Bryson hit ball. That's it. Exactly. The incredible bulk. He's on yes. it. So I, I want him, you know, in the mix, but there's some interesting data. Like, you know, the guys that, that are successful here, we have a bunch of first time winners, like the last four winners here, Satoshi Kadara, CT Pan, uh, Wesley Bryan. 
you know, guys from from kind of the rear ranks of the tour coming up and, and grabbing an opportunity here. The scores are not like super low, right? Last year was a 12 under. And part of that's because of the, the impact the um, the wind off the water can have. They, the weather conditions can really mess with them. But they, this event, just like last week, they've never had a field like this. I mean, no, you know, it's that's been, why that's why you see CT Pan, uh, uh, Carl Peterson. Yes. Like you, you look at the history of this and you're like, wait, hold on now. That's like exactly there, right. There, there's a, there's not a huge name in a long time, right? That has won this tournament. And so, all right. So you asked me about like, uh, like for DFS, for gambling purposes, yeah. whatever else. Yeah. Okay. So here's what happened. Obviously, we talked about the DeChambeau thing. I go and look up, and you see, like, you see the history of what's happened here. And Matt Kuchar, for like the last six years, yep. is second, 23rd, 11th, 9th, yep. 5th, 1st. Like, he's just played great here. Okay. It's true. I can't stand him. <laughs> I can't stand DeChambeau. And do you know who was totally awesome last week and has been awesome all year? Is friggin' Patrick Reed, who yeah. nobody likes. So yeah. I thought, this is my contribution to Fairway Rolling. Do we just, for DFS purposes or whatever else, we just put together an entire, we fill out the whole hate card, right? Now, I will tell you, for my purposes, my DFS last week, I was in one and I ended up winning like 150 bucks. All I did was take guys I like. I had Victor Hovland. I had HV3. I had Justin Thomas. I had Matthew Wolf. Those are all I had, your guys. It, it was it's all true. these guys that I like wanted to root for. And so it worked out. So what if this week we go reverse? Because we already know these guys are like, a, you know, a good chance. And we go with like DeChambeau, Reed, <laughs> Kucher, and just... Find a couple other guys that you can't stand a for whatever card. reason. Roy Sabatini. Roy Sabatini's on put here. Him, okay, he's, put he's, him on there. He's who top is 15 on, on the, Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter plays great at this golf course. We do a whole a whole hater card. I mean, I think we yes. could probably afford all of them. And we just put a bunch of guys that like because it, it, this kind of works to our benefit, right? If they play great, it's like. Oh, good. Well, at least I'm getting something out of this. And if they play like shit, we just cuss them harder. <laughs> well, right? You the, know what I'm saying? The other one, I'm sorry to do this because he might come on next week. I Hopefully, I don't ruin it. But Webb Simpson, um, I get wrong so often. I can never tell when he's going to play good and when, when he's not. And I was with, along with, you know, many, many, many folks in DFS was like, you know, he was playing great. And this golf course last week, Colonial. Suits him just fine. He went out and missed the cut. Uh, okay. So, so I might include him on this hater card too. There's no question who this week's Webb Simpson is. You know who it is, right? Uh, who? I, 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 who? Oh. So like last week, it w there was this unbelievable field and you usually see like Rory and Kepka and like people picking the biggest names, right? But yeah. you saw Webb Simpson crap everywhere. Yes. A week ago, right? That's right. Everywhere. Oh no, this week, every site I go to, the experts... You know who they like? Tyrell Hatton. Oh, okay. He Boy, is this week's he, Webb he, Simpson. And he, so he, he, are he, they he, all going to be right? <laughs> or are they all going to be, are they going to Webb Simpson us? Well, I, I mean, you, you, he's in obviously great form because he won the last tournament I before know. they went on break. Uh, but this is his debut. I'm staying off of Tyrell. And that means everybody should go out, rush. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't go slow. Rush and get Tyrell. <laughs> uh, uh, 
on your card. Verno, I think we've given out some good names here. I'm also playing, you know, a guy that we like that that uh, I included in some lineups and not in others is, is Morikawa. We got to give him a shout. If, if there's anybody that can bounce back from the bad fortune of last week, and come in and and you know he's 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 just in- incredible the the streak that he's on of made cuts and oh, yeah. you know um he just it's all systems go this, this. Does he get over last week though? Yes, right away. I just think right he's a away. machine. I think he's a machine. I'm, he I'm, ain't he ain't a machine when he gets that putter in his hand. <laughs> Not on the 72nd hole. Well, and look, I, I those names that some of the names that I mentioned cuz I also wrote down there's a big long shot like Matt Wolf and then Kang. You know sure. why? Because I'm watching all this coverage last week, and what are guys talking about? Oh, I didn't touch a club for eight weeks. I didn't touch a club for seven weeks. I played a lot of PlayStation. I rode on a Peloton. Uh, you know, Mark Leishman goes up there and hits it like 75,000 yards sideways, yes. like right off the first tee, and you're like, okay, some of these guys haven't exactly been playing throughout this quarantine, but with Matt Wolf and then Kang, I see these dudes Every day on George Gankus's Instagram feed. Yeah, they're, and all, I'm they're like, there. These jokers are playing golf every single day yep. throughout this whole quarantine. I'm like, at the very minimum, I know that they've been playing all the time for the last three months because they're on this friggin' guy's Instagram feed every day playing golf. And I'm like, oh, well, that's better than not touching a club for eight weeks. I know. And I, I agree. Another name on along those lines, but this is kind of an obvious name is M Sung J M. I mean, yep. another top, another tie for, for, for top 10. That's a, he's a, he's another well, machine out there. At the very beginning of this year, I told you, I think this is going to be, and now it's all gotten so screwy with the way this season's going to play out. But I really thought it was going to be the Hovland I mean, you saw he went back down to the corn ferry and just beat the crap out of people. And then, you know, I just figured he's going to break through one of these. He's going to break through. He ended up in the top 25 last week, but consistently he's making cuts and then giving himself a chance. But yeah, yeah, I think I'm just going to do the hater thing this week. I love it. It's a a hater aid card for all you Eagle enthusiasts out there. Verno and I will... Maybe do a little bit of a exchange on Twitter about what we end up with because uh, we got to get it in tonight. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, another early start. I think these guys are going off at seven thirty in the morning, maybe even earlier than that, with these with these giant fields. Verno, it's been too long, my brother. It's good to have you back. I'm good to see you're doing well. Thanks, House. All right, my birdie buddies. There we go. My thanks as always to Nate and Verno. We're back next week. We're just rolling along here with Fairway Rolling. There is big-time golf happening, so we're going to be doing some big-time golf podcasts. I think we have a big-time interview next week with a big-time tour player. Until then, next week, let's hit them straight out there. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.